Welcome to the Trinity Galewood podcast. Here you'll find live messages recorded during our weekly services at Trinity. We are a community that desires to look, live, and love more like Jesus. We're located at 1701 North Narragansett in Chicago and meet every Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. We hope you enjoy this episode of the Trinity Galewood podcast. Well, we're continuing our series here called Letters for Exiles. Letters for Exiles, this is who uh, Peter is writing to. These are his letters to exiles, people who are uh, trying to find a home in a place that isn't their home. Uh, And maybe another way we could say that is refugees. We finished his first letter, and now we're moving into his second letter. So his first letter was all about how we relate to the world around us. And now in his second letter, we get to see that this new theme, how do we become the kind of people, the kind of church, that reflects Jesus to the wider world? How do we become that kind of person? How do we become that kind of people? Well, this week, this morning, I'm sorry, we're going to explore that theme. His first part that we just read was about spiritual growth. What does it mean to grow in a relationship with Jesus? Let me pray for us as we dive into what Peter has for us. Jesus, we come to you this morning Uh, ready to receive your word, wanting to be changed by your word. I I echo the words of Peter in our prayer this morning. In his kindness, God has called you his friend. He comes down to be with all of you, and he does that by being Jesus. Remember this, after you have suffered a little while, Jesus will restore, support, strengthen you. He will place you on a firm foundation. Amen. So we get to see here that, the, that, that Peter is calling us to a, a deeper relationship with him, with, with Jesus. That Peter is calling us to a deeper relationship with Jesus. And this is like, we have to pay attention to the messenger on this one. The guy who's delivering the words is the guy who uh, was the denier of Jesus. Right before he went to the cross, someone said, do you know him? Three times. And Peter said, No. Peter said, if Jesus, if that's you in the water, call me out next to you and I'll I'll walk towards you. And and Jesus says, come on out. And he takes a few steps and he starts to sink because he starts to doubt. This is a guy that's kind of like, are you the right guy to be delivering this message of spiritual growth? But as we get to see over time that Peter gets more and more on fire for Jesus. And here we have him. This is 25 years later after all those big screw ups that we get to see him, him calling us towards growth, because he himself has gone through it. And is he not the most perfect example of, of who Jesus can love? That we get to see ourselves in Peter, in our, in our hangups and our mess-ups and the ways that we have fallen short, that there is still room for us, because Jesus makes room for Peter. So in this, uh, I feel like we have these two patterns in the ways that we uh, respond to Jesus. And as, especially as we move through the next four weeks here, these are the, uh, the themes of different parts of the letter that we'll look at each Sunday. So today is spiritual growth. Next week, trust in Jesus. And then we're going to pay attention to the warning signs, like I need to be prepared for what is not of Jesus. And then finally, showing and sharing our faith in Jesus. So our, our first pattern, unhealthy pattern of following Jesus, I think uh, looks like you look at this list, and you go, oh, 
I need to do a lot of things. I need to work through my checklist. I need to uh, have some achievement goals for Jesus. And oftentimes we look at this and we go, uh, okay, I need to earn this or I need to be enough. And what Peter is calling us to is uh, you actually get to receive some stuff. You don't have to earn some stuff. You get to receive Jesus, not earn Jesus. And I think this is really powerful because we end up applying this attitude, like earning it and achieving it. This is a good thing, but applied to the wrong relationship. Like you go to work, you cannot go to work and just say, I'm here to bask in work. No one's letting you do that, right? But you can do that with your kids, with your spouse, with your friends. You can just be together and that's enough, right? That's much different. So this is a, this is a good thing to do. We're just applying it to the wrong relationship. And, and Peter helps us with these words because he himself is someone who uh, was in the path of earning it. Like, how do I do discipling right? How do I be the best disciple? And I think that we can do this as a church, that we say, what's the right program? What's the right program that's going to bring enough people to come and sit in the seats, and then we will have, uh, we, we, we will have served Jesus? What's the right number of times I need to read my Bible, or, or how long of a time each day I need to read my Bible, and then I'll have a closer relationship with Jesus? And instead, uh, we are not called to earning it, but instead called to relationship. Something that I think is, is powerful is Jesus offers these words to Peter when he comes and meets him in his boat for the first time. Peter hasn't done anything deserving of being a disciple. And the words that Jesus offers him are, follow me. Not do better, think harder, achieve more. Instead, he offers the words, follow me before Peter has proven anything, and we are called to the same thing. Before we've achieved anything, Jesus says, you are mine. And then, and then I think the opposite side of that, this other unhealthy way of viewing a relationship with Jesus, is this, the other side of, as Jesus has done it all and requires nothing of me. I don't have to earn it. That's great. I like, I like that news. I'm actually going to do very little to none participation. And, and maybe it's the, uh, along with that, is the consuming of, I'm going to read different blogs, I'm going to listen to podcasts of, of different pastors around the world who have a big church, and, and I'll grow more in Jesus because I've achieved more knowledge, which is a good thing. Growing and learning is a good thing. But when we misapply it to this is how we have uh, earned Jesus's love or access to salvation and forgiveness, it is not through more knowledge. But, but instead through receiving his gifts and then responding to them. This is very difficult because we, we do this in other ways. We're just misapplying it when we, when we aim it at Jesus. So then what Peter offers for us is what, what does the healthy side of a relationship with Jesus look like? And, and that's all of what Peter is writing about. And what I think is important is to notice that when he is the author, we have to pay attention to these three things because it, it gives his words more weight. That this is a, a fairly short book. I mean, the, enti- the entire book of First and Second Peter fits in here, and half these pages are blank for you to write in. It's short. 
Second Peter, the letter that we're in now that we just read, is three chapters. Three chapters. It's very short. Like, let's pay attention to, he's not mincing words. He's using the words he wants to use. Unlike other books where, in the Bible where Paul is the writer and it kind of feels like we're, we're gonna, going all around the subject, Peter's like, talking about Jesus, and I'm talking about how much he loves you. He's very direct. And we also re- he recognizes that he is dying, that this is the end of his life. In the same way, if you've ever had this opportunity to sit with someone on their deathbed, you're probably hanging on each word, that we too would read, read his words hanging on each word, recognizing their importance. As someone who walked with Jesus, felt immense guilt, but then also received immense forgiveness, is is trying to implore that with us. So let's pay attention to his words, knowing that there's incredible urgency here. So the first part of the letter, this is verses uh, three to four, three to five. He is using language that has nothing to do with action. He's talking about how Jesus has called us to his glory, called us to his excellence. And then the second, the second words that he uses, is the right underneath that, granted to us. Granted to us his great promises. Again, this is receiving language. And then the third, third one is partakers that Jesus has called us and granted us, now we get to receive the same thing that Jesus has, which, which is total forgiveness and, and total love being with God. Then we see at the end of this section, now it's time for some action. There's three high verbs of receiving before there's any action starting. Why is this? Because we're responding to what we have been given versus responding to receive. And then what, what does he call us to? This is in uh, verse uh, five to seven. He calls us to some really tough stuff. Three of them, be virtuous, self-control, steadfastness. Be virtuous, fully aware that you are about serving other people. That Peter is saying, your faith is something that you have the opportunity to give to other people because other people are in the same need that you are in. Other people are struggling. Other people have mountains that they're trying to climb. Go and be with them and help them climb their mountain of just life because it has been given to you. Self-control. This one is so difficult. I'm so guilty of this. Staying up till 1 or 2 a.m. just watching the next episode. Anyone else do this? I'm alone? Okay, not alone. Thank you so much. <laughs> Self-control, that like fully aware that, that you are like taking care of yourself for the benefit of taking care of other people. Steadfastness. This is almost like uh, if you've ever run a marathon or done something of like, you've, you've got to maintain this pace for a while and it's difficult. This is what he's calling us to with serving other people with giving away to other people, that it wouldn't be one time. It wouldn't be just because uh, we, we put up a slide that said, hey, help us give to love it. But instead it's like, oh yeah, I'm doing that. And then I'm going to keep giving in other ways. That's just one of many times I'm going to be giving versus one off. 
Peter is calling us to not just like a little bit of behavior change, but a brand new life. A brand new life. One of the things that has been, I keep getting proved wrong on, is the idea that there's no such thing as a free lunch. I really want that to be true. I, I really do. And so when I see free stuff, I get excited. And I'm a sucker for a free ebook, especially when the title of the book is like eight things that you can change your life, five ways to improve your marriage. I'm like, oh, I'm definitely getting this book because I want to see the list. And then, of course, the free ebooks are asking you for your email, and they are selling that immediately to people who will spam your, your inbox. No such thing as a free ebook. Chick-fil-A recently, they betrayed me. They said on their sign, free breakfast Wednesdays. And so I skipped breakfast that Wednesday, and on my drive to work, I intentionally drove to that Chick-fil-A, which is on the wrong side of the road for me. This is a lot of work. <laughs> and I came up to the drive-thru and said, I would take the free breakfast. And they said, uh, do you want cream with that? I was like, I do not know what that means. I got up to the window, they gave me a small coffee. They lied. <laughs> free breakfast is not coffee. I, I agree that for some of you coffee drinkers, coffee is breakfast. No. Especially if Chick-fil-A is putting up the sign. You know, it should be a sandwich. That there is no such thing as a free lunch is like, we all get that. And when something free is being given away, I think all of our antennas go up of like, mm, what's the catch here? We're kind of like looking for that. And, and yet the church can be guilty of doing the same thing. And this has been really convicting for me as I'm thinking about this recently, like when we host the fall party for Halloween and, and people are coming and they're grabbing candy and they're having games here. It, the, the like allure of that to me is we'll get all these people here and then they'll come to our church and they'll, they'll fill our seats. And that mentality is that same idea of give me your email in order to get the free book. And instead, what Peter is calling us to is loving other people in a way that is not transactional. Have a fall party, give, give candy away, because you're providing something that people desire and want, and you are going to offer love to them that you have received. That instead, we are not leading people to church. We are leading people to Jesus. And church is, a, is part of that. But we are not called to fill our seats. We are called to share the love of Jesus with people. We're hosting a fall party. We're hosting Camp Kid Street. We have legal aid and need to feed because we love you. Is a very different posture than because we want you to come to church. Because we love you is what Peter calls us to. I, I want to end with these two things. That, that God doesn't need our good works. God doesn't need our good works, but our neighbors do. And because our neighbor does need our love, God can use our love, love for their transformation. That you can probably think of a time when, when you were loved, especially after somebody knew you. Oh man, you know me and you still love me? That we can like feel that feeling for ourselves and know how good that is, that we get to now give that away to other people. That we get to say, I love you, and then when eventually they're like, wow, this is kind of a backwards way of having a relationship, you're like, you don't even know me. You don't even want anything from me. Yeah, because, because that's what was given to me. And I thought you might want some of that too. 
So especially as we talk about growing in our faith, I want to share with you this video of, um, it's a high schooler who goes to one of our Trinity locations out in Lyle, and she is sharing how she has grown in her faith, and she gets this courage to share her faith in a public school setting. So I, I want to share this video with you, and, and you, can, you can enjoy this. Somewhere around February, March, April, around that time, we, in my uh, English class, we were given our final project, and my teacher said to write about something that means a lot to you and what you're passionate about. So I wrote a few things down, and one thing that really stuck out to me was writing about my faith, which I ended up doing. And I, I my question was, um, what does my faith mean to me? So I feel like being able to write that paper has allowed me to not only grow my relationship with God, but it's also made me more confident in my relationship with God and has allowed me to realize that my faith defines who I am and it's my identity. Um, and for that, I shouldn't be afraid to express how I feel about the topic. If I'm gonna be quite honest with you, it was a little bit nerve wracking to speak about it in a public school in front of, I think it was about 50 kids that I was presenting to about my faith. Just the community that I had there was a little bit different than one that I would have here at Trinity. I had quite a few students actually come up to me and they were like, oh my gosh, you were so brave for doing that. Like, that was awesome. To know that people were really interested in it and thought it was really cool was really encouraging and inspiring to continue to grow in my faith. Before, I don't think I would have been comfortable to share that much about myself because of how personal faith, faith is to me. I feel like having faith like means that I have a foundation that and someone that I can always lean on to um, and help me through the tough times but also through the good times because I get to praise God during the good times but also ask for help when I'm in need. Faith allows me to use trust a lot because I think faith is what um, the root of what trust is. Trust is important because you allow God to control your situation that you're in, whether it's good or bad, and you are able to just let it be and put it all on God and have faith that um, he, will, he will make everything okay. I have realized that my faith is like a relationship with God, like a friendship kind of. So my prayer life has more so become a conversation with God rather than just asking Him a bunch of questions and and thanking Him for a bunch of questions. Like for instance, I'll, I'll tell Him how my day is going and, and like what I did that day as if I was talking to a friend. But then I also do ask for those um, prayer requests and uh, thank Him for so many different things. So from then to now, my, my faith is stronger than it ever has been, and it's continue, continually getting stronger, and it's, it's an amazing feeling. I, it's one of the best, I think. 
that, that doesn't uh, like sharing and shows, showing Jesus kind of feel like that, like it's awkward and scary and uncertain. Uh, and then we have people in our lives who, like she had friends come up and say, wow, thank you for doing that. That, that we have friends who'll do the same thing. That we have Peter's words who will offer encouragement to us. And that what Peter's asking of us is when you do this, when you share this faith, when you share this love with other people, you will grow in your relationship with Jesus. Let me pray for us as we move into a time of response. Jesus, we come to you this morning always reminded of of who you are, of, of the qualities of who you are. And, and we know that you have established this truth in us. You call us beloved. You invite us to participate in your story. Let us be recipients of your love, receivers of your love, not earners of your love. Let your light shine brightly through us. Amen.